This is the Coming Home Podcast with John Allen. And welcome, everybody, to this episode of the Coming Home Podcast with John Allen. I am your host, John Allen, and I have a long lost friend. Well, she's not quite lost, but she's an old time friend and classmate of mine, Miss Erica Antonetti. Hi. Hi, John. Nice I, to talk to you. This is this is very nice. I think in the what 30, 30 years or so since graduation, we've spoken mm-hmm. on the phone a couple three times. I know we talked mm-hmm. uh, about me coming for a uh, one of our reunions, mm-hmm. and uh, we've chatted a lot on Facebook. But this is so nice to have <laughs> you here. I can see you on Facetime, and and we're having a real conversation. Yeah, this is great. You're so far away, and you've been so far away for so long. So. Yeah, and, and, and of course, I was playing the tease because I came home back in, when was that, 2015, and I was actually at your place of business, and I didn't tell you about it. You you saw the picture <laughs> on Facebook afterwards. I was miles away when I saw the picture, and uh, I didn't have time there to catch up with you. I was, I was bummed, but we'll get you back here one of these days. One of these days, I will get back, Absolutely. <laughs> Um, the, you know, there's, there's so many things I would love to talk with you about, but let, let's, let's start off by your function, uh, in the election process, this, okay. this, this coming uh, election. There's, as you know, there's a lot of controversy out there. There's a lot of shenanigans going on. Uh, there's a lot of uncertainty. Can we start by you telling us what made you want to get involved in the election process this year? Well, it's funny because it goes back a few years. It was actually in 2016, and there were a lot of shenanigans predicted at that time for the presidential election. So I was um, a few years out of being a practicing attorney, but as a citizen, I've always been pretty involved with um, politics and in my job. You know, I worked for some people who are really pretty involved, more, more so than me, in politics, but I felt they need to become involved. And so I I just worked that first year as a poll observer. So I went through a training and I was somebody who was not an official precinct official, but I was there at the polls just to be sure that every, everything running according to the rules, you know, because there are trained officials that work those elections, but there were, there were, you know, some, some issues and concerns that there may be some voter suppression going on that election and there may be people who might be intimidated in 2016's election right that was 2016 so i was just a i was just an observer so i was somebody who was um a volunteer volunteer trained by my democratic party which i'll admit i'm (laughs) a member of um so i just went there to observe and everything ran smoothly i didn't have to get involved but it was really an interesting day it's a long day um but it, it was interesting and then you know, then the inevitable happened and, and the election was over and the votes were counted and, um, you know, the Electoral College <laughs> spoke up. <laughs> you, say, you say that with a little bit of distaste, Electoral College. <laughs> the, the, the current president didn't want to win the, the popular vote, yeah. but the Electoral College came out differently. So, it's, it, you know, I, I went to the Women's March. I, I'm going to go on record and, and acknowledge that I am no fan of the current president. Um, but I felt even more the need to get involved somehow. And people encouraged me to run for office. There were a lot of a lot of that kind of pressure going on back then. I'm real busy with my the businesses that I run and, and 
never have really been interested in running for office. I think I would love to do the job, but I wouldn't want to be on the campaign trail to do what you have to do to get the job. That can be brutal. That can be a true <laughs> test of character. And I, I didn't, and I don't, I just don't have the heart for that. I don't want to do that no. as a job no. I'm more committed to my, my personal business, but I want to be still involved. And so I, long story, sh- sh- longer, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> Precinct election official. So since 2016, I have worked every election, the primaries and the special elections and the, um, the you know, now coming up on another presidential election, I've worked as an actual precinct election official, which means I'm one of the people that sit at the desk and register, you know, um, um, sign people in when they come to vote, check their IDs, make sure that I do everything in my power to, to give them the ballot that they, um, that they can vote. Not, not, we can talk about the difference in the types of ballots that people may get when they come to vote. Um, but right now I do everything in my power to make sure that people can vote a regular ballot on election day as anticipated by them. Now, the interesting thing with me is I've, I've never, I think I told you this when we were on the phone a few days ago. Um, the last place I lived before I moved to Norway was in Illinois in the Chicago uh-huh. suburbs. And yeah. it really irks me that I, because I am an Ohioan, I am a Buckeye. Yes, <laughs> and it, you are. And it, and it irks me to not be able to vote uh, mm-hmm. as, an Ohio, as a citizen of Ohio. I have to vote as a citizen yeah. from Illinois. Um, yeah. As an election official, if I were to come uh, in there and give, you know, my old address on Rymer Road in Norton and mm-hmm. say, this, is, this was my last address, I've been out of the country, but this is my last address, how would you or would you be able to catch me in that little subterfuge there? Is that? <laughs> yeah, you absolutely wouldn't get a regular ballot. If you insisted on voting, I would give you what's called a provisional ballot, which is a ballot that does not, you, it, it looks like a regular ballot, but it doesn't go through the same process of being fed into the ballot counting machine. But, but, how, would, but how would you know to give me a provisional ballot though? Oh, oh, here's why. Because you'll give me your driver's license. It's not going to be an Ohio driver's license, right, right. and therefore you're not going to be able to vote at all because you don't have one of the proper required um, identification pieces of identification that would show that you live in Ohio. And when I when I if I were to scan your license anyways, it would show me that you don't show up in the voter rolls as I someone see. who. Is- um, eligible to vote at that precinct because you know it's it's questions like this that a lot of people on the right bring up uh mm. well actually they don't even question it they say it as a statement that someone yeah. would be able to do that thereby cheating to possibly cheat in favor of 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 vice president biden right uh, so, so I ask you that question, hopefully, so that my listeners will really listen to your answer and they'll know that there is a system in place to catch people who are trying There's to cheat. There's definitely a system. And here in Ohio today, October 5th, is the last date that you can register to vote. So you can still go to the Board of Elections right now if you're in Ohio and say, I, I want to register. And all you need to do is show your driver's license. If you don't have a driver's license, they'll take a state ID. If you don't have a safety, they will even just take the last four digits of your um, social security number just to verify you are who you are. Um, and then you can register. Um, and that means that you would be in the system when you when you come to the uh, polling location on November 3rd. You're going to be in the system. No questions asked. I'm going to you know, I'm going to type in your information, either your driver's license 
um, we scan those directly into the, the system. There's a little barcode on our driver's licenses in Ohio right now. So there's a lot of information contained in that little barcode. So I just scan that with my little um, poll book. It's, a, it's an iPad. Um, I scan that and up pops your information. It says that you are registered to vote in this precinct and that this is your address. If you hand me your license, I'm, I'm going to ask you to verify your address and you're going to tell me your address. And if it doesn't match what's on my poll book, yeah. I'm, going to, um, I'm going to need some further information from you. Um, we can change your address. I just need to make sure that you're voting in the right precinct. Even how, if you. How about matching up a signature? Um, Another good question. Yeah. yeah. That, that became actually in the last election. There, there were some people who... We've all gotten used to signing our names on yeah. screens or when you check out, I don't even bother anymore. I just squiggle a line. Yeah. That's not sufficient when you come to vote because when you registered and some, for, for some of us, that was 32 years ago <laughs> you vote and you used to sign your name. Like we learned to sign our names in cursive and it was all, you know, signed perfect signatures. Um, we have to make sure that your signature on election day substantially matches the one that's on record. Substantially and, matches. So right. the question, if I say that doesn't match and they say, well, I didn't even try, I can ask them to do it again. And if it, it comes to it, it's an approximation. If it's close enough that I feel fine about it, I'll just hand them their ballot. Then. Okay. So uh, it's a judgment call. Yeah. The judgment call. And if, if as a Democrat, so there's, there's equal number of Democrats and Republicans at the polling location. And so if there is some question and I'm going to give somebody what for about their signature not matching, we can call over the other party and two of us have to make that determination. Okay. So I can't give anybody away for my personal judgment. There has to be two of us that agree that that's, that's not your signature. We don't believe you're who you say you are. <laughs> Um, why, yeah. why isn't this kind of information out there? Because so many people on the left and the right are so uneasy about this upcoming uh, election, mostly because of these, these um, I, I call it false apprehension uh, from the president, let's just say it like it is, about yeah. cheating. So why yeah. isn't, for example, why aren't Democrats, why isn't the left more vocal about these things you're telling me and my listeners right now? Why aren't they more vocal about how secure the voting process is? You know, maybe because it doesn't fit in a soundbite. There you go. Attention. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of information. We're going to do a 45-minute discussion about it. It's a lot of information. I have taken this year to rather than voicing my opinion on how the election should go on my social media accounts, taken <laughs> to just trying to educate people, you know, my in my little corner of the world about all these things, the deadlines for registering and when you can vote, you know, by the absentee ballot and when you can go in person. I'm just trying to get that information out because I – I do believe that there is a lot of, as you say, apprehension and um, distrust in this process now because of the people who are sowing that distrust um, for their own purposes. I, I have to say this about you. I, I see your social media feed. We're, we're friends on, on Facebook. And I, for one, really appreciate you putting that straightforward good information out there about what needs to be done and what can be done, uh, you know, when it comes to voting and, and other issues as well, but specifically the voting issue, you seem to be very passionate about, uh, putting the proper, uh, information out there. You seem to be very passionate about doing your part, 
uh, playing right. the role that you can to ensure that things go well. Where did that sense of being a harbinger of proper information, where does that come from? Because thinking back, knowing you when we were younger, it seems like that thread has been in your life all along. Where does that come you know, from? I don't know. I guess, you know, my dad was a public servant. Yeah. Um, you know, and then my mom was a journalist. And so was she, I didn't know that. Yeah. She worked for the Akron Beacon Journal for oh, years. Okay. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I think, you know, we've always tried to do right and stick by the facts and, and I don't know. I mean, I, I really feel like I was so, um, oh gosh, I depressed about the last election. Yeah. Um, I think that I, I, I went, I, I did reevaluate how I went about influencing people this time around because prior to the 2016 election, I don't think anybody expected Donald Trump to be the nominee. No. But then when it happened, I just couldn't believe it. And the things that I was sharing on Facebook and other accounts was was not um, helpful to my cause of having him be. It was entertaining. It was entertaining. Well, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. He just, no. I just couldn't believe that that's that he was even one of the choices. No, I think I think a lot of people were shocked. I think a lot of people were embarrassed. I think even. Uh, I think a good number of his supporters are embarrassed. Yeah, I think they I are, but they don't. I, I do. I truly believe that, that they, they, they support him because they've kind of locked themselves into that. And the embarrassment of admitting they were wrong is yeah. greater than the embarrassment of pretending to follow this, this man. Of course, there's some real disgusting people who really do follow this guy because they right. love what he's doing. But I can't believe that there are that many people in America who can stand beside, behind someone who has such deplorable, I'll use the word deplorable uh, ideals about what America is supposed to be about. You sound like me, John, like you have been doing all you can to try to figure it out. And that's a logical explanation that we want to believe. We want to believe that there aren't that many people that could support him. But, you know, you see these rallies now and you see these boat parades and 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 just highway parades and people with their their flags everywhere banners like we've never seen before. I was President Obama's biggest fan, but I would never (laughs) I would never buying a banner to, to show the world it's almost as if it's it, it's it's like they're a, they're a, people are calling it a cult i don't know it's just that they found they found their their tribe and they feel comfortable that they've got a group that feels the same way that they do and it makes it seem more socially acceptable to yeah feel the way Yeah. And I will say this. The man is a genius at manipulation. He knows what to say and what to do to get these people uh, in a fever pitch uh, and and, and to activate them. Uh, I'll give him that. He's very good at that. But um, I don't see I don't see how that's benefiting our nation at the moment. To say it mildly, to say it mildly. And hopefully, you know, and I don't know, we're all in our own little social media bubbles. And so I see the things that I want to see be through my feeds. And I know, I know that it works that way and it is not a good read on the whole country, but it seems like people might be starting to realize that this is not the I best. Think so. Let me, let, so. <laughs> let, let me ask you this back to the voting issue. How likely do you think it is that there can be 
substantial cheating in this election. Um, I I don't. Yeah. To me, he's just, he's just spouting a lot of rhetoric, but I don't see any fact. I don't see any likelihood of this massive cheating that he's talking about. There are, there's a system in place to stop that from happening or to catch it. If it does happen. Am I right? I agree. I I agree. I, I cannot imagine how it would happen other than people, you know, registering people, helping people to get registered who otherwise wouldn't get registered and then doing the actual filling out of the absentee ballot on their behalf. That's the only way I can see that this would be, um, that there could be any cheating. And even then, you know, the people who are giving away their vote in that way would still have to sign their ballot and, you know, allow someone to take their vote. Yeah. But I don't way I can see it because every state has their own um, system and every county within every state has their own you know, board of elections. So it's, it's all very localized and in, at least in Ohio, and I can't speak for every other state or even every other county in the state, but our county um, it seems like it's pretty well buttoned up. I don't know how it no. could occur. You're still in Summit County, right? Correct. Yeah. No. Yeah. So a pretty big county and you know there have been fights here in ohio about the number of drop boxes that they'll allow yeah what's uh, the situation with that how's it looking for the drop boxes well we've got a drop box in every county but there are some counties that are huge Cuyahoga county involves cleveland and you know the suburbs around cleveland and and there's one drop box and and so i think people right now because the Powers that be have also sowed distrust in the post office. Don't feel that they can just fill out a ballot, put it in the mailbox even early, and be sure that it's going to get to its destination on time. So, you know, that the, the conventional wisdom right now is to either vote early in person, which starts tomorrow through the, the election day, um, November 3rd, or um, if you've already applied for an absentee ballot, and you receive it, fill it out, and take it directly to the Board of Elections. You can walk it inside, make sure you hand it to a person, or take it to the Dropbox. Yeah. Or, you know, there's even specific rules in Ohio about who can deliver a ballot for whom. So I could take my mother-in-laws and my husband's, and I can take, you know, close relatives. is very Right, yeah. Law here, but you can deliver someone else's ballot. Even so, the ballot has to be filled out by the individual themselves, signed, but but a close family member can take it right. in and drop it right. off. And that right. that's uh, that's fair. I'm thinking about old people. I'm thinking about people who don't have their own transportation. Uh, and then when you put on top of that that there's only one drop box for a whole county, that's uh, I don't know. Yeah. That seems pretty unreasonable to me. Well, the other part that seems a little unreasonable about the absentee ballot process is you have to very carefully read the instructions. I mean, read them twice because every box has to be marked. There's a box that even asks, what type of election is this? Because it's a generic uh, application. What what, um, ballot? This is what the, the, I'm sorry, the application um, for an absentee ballot. You had to say specifically, this is for the election on November 3rd. You had to fill in the right date. You have to put your birth date in the right place. You have to sign in the right place. And then when you get your ballot back, there's a security envelope that you put your ballot inside, and then you put it inside the mailing envelope. And if you don't put it inside the the security envelope, they don't have to count it. I mean, there was a case in Pennsylvania, they actually litigated this just recently in Pennsylvania, that 
even though the security envelope is for your own security as a voter, if you forgot to put it in that and you just put it directly in the mailing envelope, they won't count your ballot, which is... Well, it's voter, it's voter suppression, if you ask me. They're counting on people not following. The, it's, it's almost like they put so many steps, so many rules in place, hoping that someone will miss one of those rules so that their vote won't count. Uh, because right. isn't it a fact uh, on, a, on a nationwide basis, isn't it a fact that it's mostly Democrats who vote early or vote by absentee? You know, I do believe. Good, okay, that, that's news to me. I don't, I don't know the statistics on that. I'm not That's the best researcher, but I think on Wikipedia and YouTube videos at midnight, I think I, I think I heard. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, I I do believe that it's it, uh, of course you should secure the vote. You should secure the ballot. It should be um, a certain amount of steps that have to be gone through in order to verify that it's true. But it seems like things are overdriven to the point to where it's difficult to vote and i think there's something unethical in that voting shouldn't I, be difficult it really shouldn't and there i don't know there's talk of having more than one election day or, or putting it on a saturday so that people have to work you know all day. how about how about making it a national holiday you know that would even better yeah, yeah. and then we can so so right now the um john i don't remember if you remember voting in person back when you lived here but the average age of the uh, poll workers are is probably in the seventies yeah. for the average. It's a long day. We get there at five thirty in the morning for a six thirty start uh, election start, and, and then voting goes till seven thirty p.m. And then you know we're there until everything's cleaned up and 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 um, reconciled at the end of the day. So we're probably there from five thirty in the morning until nine p.m. that day, and that's a long day for. That's a long like, day. Yeah. And so I give I give so much credit to these people who are so committed to doing this and have done it for years. And it's it's I enjoy the, the time there. And it's it's a that's a strictly volunteer position. That's not a paid position, is it? You know, they pay you but it comes out to less than minimum wage when you put, you know, when you okay. add all the so it's just I think it's just like a token I see. paid there. But um yeah. Yeah. Well, hat, hats off to all people who who give their time like that to to do their part for our democracy. It's um, it's kind of weird that I have to say that I say something like that. But but in these crazy days where suppression, voter suppression, is coming from the very top, I think that mm-hmm. people need to say these kind of things as often as we can. Uh, okay. We have to keep focus on it. Right, yeah. and it's um. Yeah, you feel good about doing it. And then it's really like you really it, it's not just sign people in and give them a ballot. I mean, there's always an issue. Say a woman got married and her name changed. There's a whole process that you have to go through a form that she has to fill out. And if there's not somebody there that's committed to making sure that she gets to vote, um, and that that's no impediment to her voting. Yeah. yeah. Um, then that I mean, it could it could so easily just say, oh, you know what, you've got a name change. I'm just going to give you a provisional ballot. The problem with that is those provisional ballots aren't counted until more than 10 days after the election. Yeah. And that's another thing I think that it's going to be a big problem in this country if so many ballots are uncounted until more than 10 days after the election. Because that, you you know, you heard the debate. You do, you know? think, do you think this is going to end up in the Supreme Court? Oh, gosh, I hope my hope is that enough people vote early enough 
that the votes can be counted on election day and they will have an accurate count and that it's a landslide and that there's no reason for that to happen. I mean, who knows? Anything could happen, I think. That's my fear that it will go to uh, the Supreme Court and then something crazy and unexpected happens and then this man continues for another four years. So, so there's, there's nothing, uh, that can make you spend less time with your businesses and get into public, public office. How close, how close have you come to actually doing it? I bet you've come close up through the years. I did have, there's a guy who's a judge now who was an attorney at the time I worked with him in the law office and he became a, um, a county, a county, um, council person. Yeah. Um, he, he was really trying to talk me into doing it at the time. I just didn't want anything to do with it. No. I really don't, don't have any desire to be in political no. in public office, yeah. but I do like working on the fringes and I, you know, I was trying after the 2016 election, I was trying to recruit other young women who I thought had, had, um, potential and there's well, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh no, there, there are, um, organizations dedicated to that purpose is, you know, to train young women to, to run for office and people of color just to get more diversity into the government, which is, would make a huge difference, I think. Oh, absolutely. That's what we need. We need more people of color and, and more women. Um, but yeah. I tell you, but like we were saying earlier, that whole uh, campaign process is just brutal. It's gotten so ugly. And if they can't dig up some dirt, then they'll just make up some dirt. It's just, yeah. it's, uh, oh. It's sellable, I believe, pretty much anything, especially, you know, the more salacious and ugly it is, you know, and that yeah. stuff just spreads wildfire just because it's human nature, I guess. Yeah. What kind of law did you practice? What kind of lawyer were you? I was a um, disability attorney, so I helped people to get Social Security disability benefits and workers' comp benefits when they were injured on the job. Okay, so I yeah. So side of things. I should bring yeah. you over here to Norway. You can be a Norwegian attorney and represent me for all this shoulder crap I've been going through the last four years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. You have been the ringer. Yeah, I tell you. It, in fact... <laughs> Things might, you know, you have that, uh, you have the butterfly effect. You know, if a butterfly lands on a flower, it can change the course of time. Now, if we go back to 2015 when I was there, but I didn't Uh tell you, maybe if you and I would have met in 2015, I wouldn't have injured my shoulder because it was during that trip that I injured my shoulder at a a gym there in, uh, in Kent. So, yeah. (laughs) you were the competition where you injured it it was actually well i i I did the competition but i did it injured because um it was during training i was uh benching and some knucklehead uh banged into the bar i had like 400 and some pounds on it and it just twisted the living daylights out of my whole arm and yanked and yanked my shoulder out so that's when it all started i had no idea but i just thought it was overdoing it no 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 (laughs) <laughs> no, because I, I always train smart. I make sure I get enough rest and everything. But it was it was uh, it was that that incident there. And I do believe it was the day after I was at your at your oh place my- of business. Yeah, it was the day after that it happened. You know, and I would have made you drink more wine than you were comfortable drinking. You probably <laughs> missed your workout. You're right. You're right. Things See? could be totally different. <laughs> See the butterfly effect. The butterfly wow. effect. Look at you now, dude. 
and, and, and educating people about things like this. I mean, who well, knows? Well, I'm loving I'm loving this podcast. I like uh, I like to share information. I like to talk to interesting people. Um, so, some of the guests I've had have just been it blows my mind still that I've gotten to speak to some of the people that I have. I got to speak to a doctor from the CDC. He's the former yeah the former head of um, child um, nutrition and education at the CDC. Oh I got to talk. To, I got to talk to that guy. It's just, it's it's absolutely amazing. I bet that was interesting. Yeah, yeah. I got to speak with uh, Ralph Molina, the drummer from uh, Crazy Horse, Neil Young's band, Crazy Horse. I got to speak with him on my podcast. <laughs> You've always been a big fan of Neil Young. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's been it's been interesting. It's been an interesting ride, and I, I like sharing information with people. And, and I, I thought of you for this episode because I don't like what I'm seeing with the lies being told about how un- secure the voting process is and 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 here you are you're right in the middle of it and you can speak the truth to that uh to that deception there you know what is really interesting though as they're going they meaning you know the republican party and the president leading the the this um lie campaign about the voter um you know that just the um the fear, stoking the fears of, that people have about this being unfair or somehow rigged. Um, but at the same time, the Republican Party here in Ohio is sending out absentee ballot applications. They're encouraging people to vote early and by mail. Um, he also, the, the Trump campaign is sending out flyers saying vote early by mail. Really? So, yes, yes. I've seen people post things. I've, I received this from the Trump campaign and I, you're supposed to be so against it, but they're still... Well, that just sounds totally bizarre. Why in the world is he saying what he's saying, and yet the party is sending out uh, encouragement to vote early? What is that all about? Wow. Wow. (laughs) Right. I mean, the president himself voted early by mail in Florida from Washington. I wonder if it could be. Tell me what you think of this. I wonder if that man has totally gone rogue if he's he just has his own agenda and he's not conferring with the Republican Party at all. It sure Could that be? It certainly looks like it. it. I mean, even on a lesser scale, I, I don't know if you saw the news today about how he got bored at the hospital where he's yeah. supposed to be quarantining. So he put himself and his security, his, his security detail in a car to do a little motorcade drive around the hospital to see his fans. I, I saw mean, he put that. All, all of those people at risk, I'm sure that that was against the advice of his doctors. And certainly who in his party would think that's a good idea for him to continue to flout the, the the guidelines of the CDC. Well, I think that was the biggest display of his selfishness and narcissism. I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. In the last 24 hours, anyway. <laughs> yeah, who knows what's coming by the time we're finished with this conversation? Right. No, but to put others, other people's lives in danger like that, those poor secret service service agents, right. you know, they'll step in front of a bullet if it happens. But this didn't have to happen. They didn't have to be in a car with this man who is contaminated by the virus. Right. Selfishness and narcissism. Right. And what message does that send to people who are still refusing to wear masks in public because no one seems to want to take this virus seriously? Yeah. We, came, we just got here yesterday from Ohio for, for a little vacation and servers in the restaurants are wearing masks, but they're wearing them around their necks. 
Oh, wow. The man who delivered our food yesterday at the restaurant didn't have a mask on at all. Hold on a second. Snoopy's here to give me some water. Hi. Oh, gosh. Hi. Hi, Snoopy. We're not recording. Hey. Hi. Hello. She won't come back. There she is. Hello. Where's you? Oh, yeah, yeah. There you go. Right there. Oh, my dog. My dog got excited. I can't really hear you. Oh, oh. Here. Oh. <laughs> Hello. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can hear you. It's so nice to see you. I don't think I've ever seen your face. I know. <laughs> I don't put my face out there. But it's very nice to see you. I heard so much about you. Oh, it's so great to meet you in person. Yeah, you well, too. Well, well. <laughs> So we'll, we'll uh, whenever we get to Ohio, when this crazy virus goes away. Please come visit. I would love to meet you in person. That would be fun. Yeah, we will. Yeah. And All right. I can come to Norway, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That would be great. Absolutely. Okay. okay. You take care. Nice seeing you. Nice to see you, too. Thanks. Bye-bye. Okay, let's see. Let me get a little water here. Thank you, Snoopy. Okay, thank you. You going now? Okay, goodbye. <laughs> That's Snoopy. Glad you're here. She um, she's been teasing me all day long, and I'll, I'll tell you why. This might embarrass you, but I'm going to tell you why she's been teasing me. <clears throat> she um, I I told her uh, actually told her years ago about you and that I used to have a crush on you. And then I told her that I was doing uh, this episode with you today. So she's been going around singing like, um, what's that song by Ario Speedwagon? Um, like, like, I can't fight this feeling anymore. I'm all out of love. Uh, that Chicago song, uh, you're the meaning in my life. You're the Sing, Singing all these 80s <laughs> love songs. And she actually got the kids into it as well. So that's the kind of crazy humor we have in this house. <laughs> and for the listeners who can't see her, she's blushing right now. Oh, yes. And <laughs> she feels much better when she saw me on FaceTime and the way that I look right now. Oh. <laughs> nothing to be concerned about after all these years. <laughs> oh, hi. Oh, gosh. Hold on, John. I'm sorry. Come on, Fergus. Come on. So there's construction going on right outside my window. I didn't realize that's why the dog is going crazy. <laughs> No, but um, I think uh, I, I just want to say that I really, really appreciate you doing this episode. I appreciate you clearing up or rather solidifying uh, some of the facts about how safe uh, the election process is, about how you guys, you know, it's not a blind process. You guys do check things. You check signatures. Uh, you check addresses. You know, you, you guys are doing things that make it hard or almost impossible uh, to cheat in some of these basic ways that the president and others on the right are, are, are putting out there. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's tough because there's a global pandemic and the United States is not doing well. We're losing, you know, more and more people daily to this disease. And so there is a real desire for people to vote early and yeah. vote by mail. They don't have to go to a room with all of those people trying to vote at the same time, yeah. standing in line, exposing themselves. So, so he's basically saying, go to the polls and, and put yourself at risk. And it's, 
it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. People, that, that's a form of intimidation. You know, if you don't vote in person, your vote may not count, and the election may be rigged yeah. <laughs> because if I don't that shows that the vote, you know, that, that the election was rigged. It just there's so much bad information out there, and it does, it's not that complicated. You know, there's a lot of bad information out there, but hopefully there's more people uh, like you and I who are putting good information out there. Um, Other podcast hosts who are doing what I do and putting people on like you who can spread the word that uh, that people need to hear. It is a safe and secure process. And people if you it's not weak to to vote early or to vote by ballot. It's not a weakness to stay away and protect yourself from COVID Correct. because COVID is very real and we see that now. Uh, well, we've seen it all along, but now it's undeniable for his supporters. They see him in the hospital sick with this disease. So, right, right, yeah. Hopefully, that that image will kick in with some people who are still. Alive. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. So, last question: When are you coming to Norway? Oh gosh, John, I really. I, brought it up to Joe so many times, my husband Joe, and he says, I think it's cold there. <laughs> but every time you post the beautiful pictures, I'm like, look, look, this yeah. is Norway. Let's, I would love to come. You just tell me. Well, when I'm, or your sister, I can bring Meredith. Yeah, Has absolutely. She been? No, she hasn't. She hasn't. But I can tell you, I can tell you, it is cold here in the wintertime, but you know what? It's not colder here than it is back home in Ohio in the wintertime. Um, most of the, actually most of the time, well, now we live, we're living in Southern Norway. So in Southern Norway, very often Ohio has a lot more snow than we have here in Southern Norway. Now up North in Norway is different. Now you're talking about the real Arctic and, and, and all of that stuff. But as you see from those pictures I post, that's from our farm up North and it's beautiful. You know, a summer temperature might be around 70 degrees and that's, that's doable, you know? Temperature. Yeah, I can do that all day. <laughs> when is it the those the summer months? Is it the same as here? The summer? Um here down south you could say it's really summer by June. Okay. Although yeah. there have been incidences of snow in oh. certain higher elevations here down south in June. But but you can say you're safely in summer by June and it lasts until I don't know, uh, late August, maybe the first week of September. And then you have, we have a very short autumn and then winter comes full force, uh, relatively quick. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Yeah. 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 We're in a nice long fall here. So it's, it's been lovely for our business, especially if we keep everybody outside. Um, the winery. So people don't have to be exposed so closely to each other. Tell, tell people what your uh, places of business are. I want to, I want to, I want people to know about you. Oh, thanks. Um, so we, uh, opened a winery in 2013, my husband and I did. Um, and, uh, it's a, it's a, it's it's right on the lake. It's a beautiful location. John's been there. Yes. (laughs) Um, and then uh, we've actually started making beer out of the winery as well. So we, so we produce all the wine there. We started producing beer there at, from the beginning. And then the demand for the beer got to be so great that we needed more space and bigger equipment to make bigger quantities of beer. So we moved across the street. 
Um, so they have a separate brewery across the street with a tasting room and a, and a pub there. Wow. So and keeping us busy, and it's a lot of fun. More fun than practicing disability law, I must admit. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it looks like you're having fun. I'm sure it has its challenges. You know, I was a business owner myself with my gym, so I know the challenges in it. But I tell you, it's also very fulfilling. Uh, for me, anyway, it was a challenge that I enjoyed. I love, I loved working for myself with my own business. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, me too. And it's a lot. And it's more hours. You know, I thought I worked harder than an attorney. I work I would say harder now, definitely more hours, but it's so much more fun. (laughs) Now it's not because they're sick or broke or injured. It's because they want to plan a party. And that's like big difference. That's more money. Big difference. (laughs) Yeah. But it's a challenge. I mean, learning all the bookkeeping and the taxes and, you know, a lot of the the licensing and the permits and all of that, you know, it's, it's been a learning curve, but you know, nothing, nothing we can't figure out, right? Yeah, you know, it's it is a lot to learn. It's it is a big headache, but but uh, there, there's also that sense of 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 building something, and you just can't mm-hmm. replace that with a regular nine to five job. It just doesn't compare. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know what? I, I like to think that our employees love their jobs too. At least that's what they tell me. <laughs> because it's. It is most of uh, most of the employees have a full time job, and this is their fun social job, and so they you know they choose to come to work because they enjoy it. So it's it's yeah. it's, it's it's nice to have people who like to come to work. <laughs> well, I bet you it would be a fun place to be. That one time when I was there, as soon as the, we opened the door and walked in, you could just feel. You could just feel that it was a fun place to be, at, both as a customer but also as an employee. I could just feel it right away. So. Oh, that's nice. Thank you. Yeah like a little oasis you know you can just leave your troubles behind and you know you're in the you're in a sub um, an urban area but you come down to the water and you sit looking over the lake and you forget you forget you're right right in your town so, yeah i bet you yeah. being being by the lake is probably a good draw for uh for oh, the winery there absolutely it's beautiful there i love it yeah thank you uh, yeah that's great yeah thank you well listen ricky i i again i i feel very fortunate i feel like i'm better off now that you've been on my podcast and, and again, thank you for sharing the information. Thank you for your activism. Can I call you an activist of sorts? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I'll take- yeah. but I, I, I see, I see that, it, and it's not just with the election thing. It's, it's, it's your, it's your attitude. It's, your, it's your take on certain subjects. I, I can see that you're, uh, you've got a big heart. You're a giving person, and I'm sure other people see it too. So please keep doing what you're doing. I don't think I could change, but thank you for that. Noticing that. <laughs> my pleasure. All right, then. Well, thank you for being on the coming home podcast and uh, my guests. Thank you too. It's been my pleasure talking to you, John. Thank okay. you. Thank you. Bye everybody. Thank you. And goodbye.